the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my brothers, Michael Kuhn. Hey, everybody. And Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. As a special guest, this week we have our grandpa sitting in studio with us. And by studio, I mean a card table folded up in my grandpa's computer room. Um, so, grandpa's joining us. Grandpa, say hi. Well, I'm glad to be here, Mark. I'm glad you invited me to be here. We finally came clean and told Grandpa that he is a guest on our podcast. <laughs> we had to inform him what a podcast was, and uh, then we played a couple clips from some previous episodes, but he's fully in on the game at he, this point. He loves it. He's joining us in the studio already. All right. The game between the Browns and the Colts just ended. Um, Grandpa, we, we have to hear straight from the horse's mouth. What do you think of the game? Well, the, the Browns were favored by two, and... It didn't seem to work out that way. <laughs> I, uh, I think they they let the game get out of hand too early, and by the time they got all their horses together, it was a little bit too late. They wasted a couple of timeouts. They would have had at least one more timeout at the end of the game. I think that they might have had a chance, but uh, the clock killed them, and uh, they 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 had a they had a hold. The Colts to no first downs in the fourth quarter, which they did, but the Colts, they took their time with the, with the kick and it, it ate, up, ate up the clock. It's uh, kind of kind of tough because we got the, our quarterback situation isn't the best in the world. I think that he's, <laughs> he, he's still young. It's an he, understatement, Grandpa. Huh? That's an understatement. He's, he's a young guy. I think he holds the ball too long. Uh, I think the uh, offensive line is a little bit too porous. Uh, he's usually running for his life. <laughs> either either he's running for his life or he's throwing the guys that can't catch. And uh, so it, it's uh, all in all, I think they need a, a good overhauling. And uh, I don't know when that's going to be. I think ne- next week. Are you insinuating that Hugh Jackson is on the hot seat? Well, he he's played 19 games and won one. <laughs> now, now that does not bode well for a good record. Uh, now, uh, let's see. Who's that, who's our that, uh, running back that's coming back next week? What's his name? The running back. Yeah. Or the defensive end, Miles Garrett. Garrett. Yeah. 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 If if uh, if he could, if he comes back next week, maybe it'll make a difference. I I think that they should have put uh, let the Hogan get in there a little bit. Sometimes just uh, just change a little bit of change could make a big difference. Last time they put him in there for uh, real quick for the last couple quarters and the guy made some really good plays real quick. So I think it makes a difference for the defense. They're not used to not used to another quarterback and I think it helps the problems. Alrighty, so this week on the pod we're gonna have a little bit of a different schedule. Because we're down in the villages visiting with our grandpa uh, we didn't get a chance to watch all the other divisional games, but fortunately, Grandpa watched the Ravens games this morning. Did you see that Ravens game, Grandpa? Yeah, it was uh, probably one of the most pleasurable games I've seen in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Flacco, Flacco had the worst the worst game he's ever had in his life. Uh, they they got annihilated, and uh, for all the times they've done it to the Browns, it just made my heart just feel real good. <laughs> so, yeah, we didn't get to watch the game this morning, uh, but we're going to have – we literally just got done watching the game about 15 minutes ago. 
so the wound is fresh, <laughs> and um, we have all sorts of things to say about this. We'll be talking about the game a lot. We'll be talking about Kenny Britt, as always, and the Im- immense disappointment he's been. Uh, so, Michael, what was your uh, initial take on Browns versus Colts? Third loss of the season. So, on our podcast Twitter account early in this week, I stated that it would be interesting to see where the Browns stood if they would go ahead and go up early on Jacoby Brissett because he was able to play a really conservative game plan last week in his first start for the Colts. And if the Browns could jump up early, we'd be in a great position. Lo and behold, we screwed it up again. And are playing from behind, and it felt like we were scraping the entire freaking game. Defense did us no favors in the first half. And really, at, looking back at the whole game, I really think the biggest key was that those third and long situations, it felt like the Colts were able to convert those third and longs, turn them into big plays and scores in many cases, and the Browns would not be able to convert on third downs whenever Kaiser had the ball. And... It certainly wasn't any uh, fault of Kaiser's, in my opinion. I thought he actually had a pretty good game. But the Colts quarterback scored two touchdowns. Yes, he did. And he's not (laughs) really a running quarterback. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't think – I think I'm really disappointed in our perimeter players. I thought the wide receivers had a terrible game. The corners had an equally terrible game. I can't remember a single pass that was defended well. Um, and ultimately that killed us. We don't have a T.Y. Hilton on our team, and T.Y. Hilton got open at will. Unfortunately, we do have a Jamar Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jamar Taylor kind of irking you throughout this game? Well, yeah. He was guarding T.Y. Hilton the entire game. How many yards did T.Y. Hilton have? I don't know. I don't have the stat line right in front of me, but... Every single third and long, T.Y. Hilton comes along and has about five yards of separation from Jamar Taylor, and that's the reason why we lose the game. Jacoby Brissett averaged nine yards per pass. They didn't pass that many times. They only had like 20 passes, but every time he needed to pass, it was on third and long, and T.Y. Hilton was wide open because Jamar Taylor couldn't cover him. It's infuriating. (laughs) Our secondaries played well up until this point, but you can't just loaf for the one game we're supposed to win. We might go 0-16. So my biggest, I cannot refute that. The play by the secondary was horrendous. Not only by Jamar Taylor, but honestly, Jabril Peppers had a pretty crappy game. He was taking bad angles after bad angles, and we would not have given up that long T.Y. Hilton touchdown if Jabril Peppers had played that as he should have. He was way out of that play. It was a combination of both of them. Jamar Taylor was loafing on running, chasing him from behind, didn't give his full effort because he expected Jabril to catch him. Jabril took a horrible angle, and then they both let him run right back inside for an extra 30 yards. Grandpa, how do you feel about the defense? I think I think that our, our secondary is playing off the defenders way too far. They're, they're, they're just got too many holes in, in these quarterbacks just picking picking them apart with the with the holes they leave. Uh, I think they should they should they should play with play these these the receivers a lot closer. And I think it'd be a big difference in the game. How do you feel about zone coverage, Grandpa? I don't like it. I like man to man. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa's very outspoken about his favorite defense is man to man defensive coverage. Um, so Kenny Britt this week, as far as first of all, our wide receivers were atrociously bad. 
Our Jordan Leslie was the only one who did anything that I was pleased with during this entire game. Unfortunately, Corey Coleman is on IR with that hand injury. But um, Ricardo Lewis had just about the worst game. Yeah, I can't imagine I, him being any worse than he was today. I could, I, I would certainly have been better. <laughs> At least catching the ball. You might not yeah. have been able to get yeah. open like he did, but you might have caught some of those balls. But a wide receiver that can get open but can't catch the ball is useless. Like, this was his MO coming out of Auburn, is that he was an athlete who was raw and he was struggled to catch the football. I don't know how much value that brings to the team. Terrible. You got the situation where you got a quarterback running for his life and he's throwing the uh, receivers that can't catch. And now you got, now you got double problems. <laughs> not, a good, not a good situation for the Browns. And to add on top of receivers not being able to catch the ball, we had four offensive pass interference penalties called today. Oh, my gosh. How does that happen? Uh, We've had an offensive pass interference called in every single game this year so far. At least one. We had four this week. I think it comes down to having inexperienced receivers. I mean, we never, we didn't think that we had a great receiving core, but we don't have any veterans who know kind of how, how to play in this league, how to not, how to get that rubber out and not get called, how to push off a little bit and not get called. We just don't have the experience. All right, this game was depressing. I could like sit here and complain about things all day long. No, there was let's a do couple. That. Let's do that. Was, <laughs> no, I want I want a little bit of positive vibes. There was a couple. No, things. no, nothing good happened. It's all bad. All right, we, we suck. Okay, we can all agree there was one fantastic moment when Deshaun Kaiser's parents were shown on television. <laughs> yes. I'm sure every Browns fan that watches this game knows what moment I'm talking about. <laughs> They're trying to talk about Deshaun Kaiser's yeah. parents, and there's a dude standing up grinding on his beer can. <laughs> it was so marvelous. Classic Cleveland sports fan. He drinks because he has to. He drinks because of the product on the field. <laughs> Sir, we drink to forget. <laughs> Sir, I know dancing man in front of the Sarn Kaiser's parents. I know you listen to the podcast. Please call me. I want to interview you. Reach out. It would be much appreciated. I'll give you Matthew's home phone number if you send us an email. So other highlights, um, we got the chance to watch the game all together in the same room, which does not happen very often. Not only were we there with the three of us and Grandpa, our dad was there as well. Our great uncle, Uncle Dal, who is ripe for one-liners, um, was. was there as well. And my favorite was uh, they were going over, the announcers were going over the key inactives of the game. <laughs> and uh, they were mentioning how uh, the likes of Jamie Collins, Miles Garrett, Corey Coleman were all inactive for the Browns. And Uncle Dallas uh, speaks up and he goes, key inactives? The whole team is inactive. <laughs> Honestly, you can't argue with that. I mean, <laughs> nothing has been truer about the 2017 Cleveland Browns. Uncle Dow has been a lifelong Browns fan, but recent years he's lost hope. He's stopped coming over to Grandpa's house to watch the game with his brother. I, I promise to never do that to you guys. Well, um, let's hope that the Browns give you reason um, to have some optimism in future years. We certainly haven't seen it so far. All right, so talking about optimism, there, there's got to be something that we can take from this game. Yeah. All right, there is something we can take from this game. Like in the week before, this is the second straight straight week that our offense has outgained our opponent's offense. We had um, we had 346 total yards, and the Colts only had 335. I mean, it's only a 10-yard difference, but 
we outgained them. I mean, that looks right on the scoreboard. We only lost by three points, but that's that's a positive thing. Not that the Colts are any offensive juggernaut, but that's something to take away. We did the same thing to the Ra- or Ravens last week. Well, and you think about it, they had a few like real big chunk plays, like the top T.Y. Hilton play. You take that away, and we did a great job, honestly, stopping the run. I don't have the numbers in front of me. They had but about the, 98 yards. They had how many yards? Uh, I think it was 98, something like that. Anyways, Rush the run yards. defense was pretty solid. Pass defense, not so great. But I think Kaiser, although his stat line might not look fantastic, his receivers did him no favors. He would have been in a much better situation. And then those three picks, I mean, I don't even know if any of them were his fault. The last one was the last play of the game. That doesn't count for anything. The second interception was Kenny Dropped Britt. by Kenny Britt, yeah. Yeah, which we've become accustomed to. Um, <laughs> and Deshaun, I just feel sorry for the guy. He's doing what he needs to do to get the team in position to win the game, and the receivers just aren't helping him. So I, I think having a rookie quarterback showing some growth, making the right plays, he threw the ball away, did not take many sacks today. Um, I feel very positive about where the quarterback position is. Yeah, yeah, I feel positive. He's a young player. That's, that's something to be encouraged by. Grandpa, what are you encouraged by from watching the game today? Bring a, Squeak out a positive for us. Well, I, I was just happened to be thinking about what John McKay once said when Tampa Bay first came into existence. Some, they, they, were, they lost almost every game, and somebody asked him, he says, what do you think about your team's execution? And he said, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> so, Grandpa, what do you think about the Browns' execution? <laughs> uh, um, let's hope that no heads are rolling this week. Um, that would be bad for everyone. Yeah, I think coming out of this week, uh, man, I was so hopeful that we would come in and beat the Colts. I wanted to go. The, the most Browns thing for this season would be actually winning the next four games and then going 4-12. and 12. Um, But I, I just hope that we hold on enough and get enough consistency and wins so that we can keep the same coaching staff and keep the same consistency because if we clean house after the season – we're going to make no progress. Like you can't just keep cleaning house every single time and expect to make any progress. We need to stick with the group regardless of how bad it is. I just hope that it's enough progress to warrant that. I I will say to play devil's advocate, there was some times that I was not pleased with our coaching during this game. Uh, I think Michael, you said after we, it was third and two after we jumped off sides and gave them, or they were going for it on fourth and two and they're up by two touchdowns at about their own 45 yard line. And they were going for it. They were up by two touchdowns. That's a terrible decision unless you're trying to get the defense to jump off sides. And we did. We jumped off sides, and we gave them the automatic first down. Like, that's coaching. That's a coaching problem. I don't know that that's a coaching problem. I think that's an individual player problem. But it comes from players not expecting to, to be good enough to defend them on their own. They're trying to make a play. They're trying to jump. They're trying to get an advantage. They don't think they can man up and just beat the other team. Um, and so they're trying to get a little jumpy. I think it's a coaching problem because it's not. there's no discipline. If, if the coaches were doing their job correctly, those type of situations would be played through in practice, and you would know not to jump off sides on any, at any cost on a fourth and two in that situation because the only reason they're up at the line of scrimmage is to get you to jump off sides, and that was not going through Derek Kendrick's head at that time. Yeah, I agree. That should have been the only thing he was thinking. Well, it should be in everybody's mind that when they're down there, fourth, fourth and two, they're only down there for one reason. They're waiting for you to jump. And you should be 
you should be coached well enough to know that that's exactly what they want you to do, and you have to prevent them from doing it. So, what do you think we should? What do you think about Hugh, Grandpa? Do you think we should keep Hugh for this year? What What record do the Browns have to be at the end of this year for you to still want Hugh Jackson to be our coach? Well, I don't know. I, the guys won one game in nineteen. Uh, True. I, you know, you can't you can't argue with that. Uh, the guy's supposed to be a quarterback coach. I don't know. I don't. I don't see too much of that happening. Uh, I. I. I think. I. I think his 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 uh, uh, coaches on the secondary. I think they're. I think they're very suspect. I. I, I, <laughs> I, I just don't think they're well coached. I kind of agree with you. The uh, defense looked way out of sorts this week. I was pretty disappointed in the Greg Williams scheme. And I think they're severely handicapped when literally probably the two best players on our entire defense, Miles Garrett and Jamie Collins, are both out of the game. Yeah. But still, the holes appeared in our secondary and not really up front. And in a way, they haven't all year. This is the first time I've seen that. I've been really, I was just telling Matthew yesterday that I've been so surprised with our secondary going into the draft and into the beginning of the season. I thought our secondary was our weakest point, but through the first two games, that hasn't been the case. I mean, the Steelers got a lot of yards, uh, but that was mostly a solo effort by Antonio Brown. Other than that, our secondary's been good. Jabril Peppers has played amazing every game up until now. Uh, Our corners have been great. I will say, too, in defense of the defense, um, (laughs) maybe I won't say that again. (laughs) Um, But to... um, Give the defense a little bit of credit. I feel like both of those um, Jacoby Brissett touchdowns were a little bit lucky. I mean, we had great coverage out there. He had nobody to throw it to, and he ends up spinning around on that second one and finds himself with an open field. I, We had pressure on him. Those kind of plays are going to happen. You're not going to be able to contain the quarterback on uh, every single play. Um, and it just happened that he leaked out on two of them for a touchdown. It, it's a little bit of a bad break. Yeah, I still I like the way that our defensive line played. I think our defensive line played really well again. We got pressure. They got pressure when they brought brought pressure. Whenever we only rushed four, we couldn't get to the quarterback at all. It was pretty bad. I think we missed Miles Garrett a lot. Yeah, and that's we're hoping for a, a rookie who's never played a game in the NFL to come in and, and fix our pass rush. I mean, I would like to see some of the guys who've been in the league a little longer, like Ogba, step up. He hasn't done a single thing so far this season i'm, I'm not severely bad. disappointed in his performance it's just that uh, yeah it's just bad but our uh, another positive and we're gonna harp on positives our rush <laughs> defense has looked good i'm constantly seeking for positives i was saying how at on saturday of next week right before the Bengals game i i'm at my lowest point right now right now i just want to say that i'm at my lowest point but on saturday before the Bengals game i will somehow have convinced myself that we're good enough to win Again, it's like this horrible cycle that I go through of mental torture where I'm, I realize we're awful after every game on Sunday, but it takes me a full week to fully get to the point where I think we're good again. And it happens every time. It's similar to the Josh Gordon cycle where I think that Josh Gordon's going to come back and save our franchise again, and then he gets suspended again. Grandpa, does this sound familiar to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> It's uh, it's the same thing over and over again. I'm telling you, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. To to be a Browns fan, I've been, I've been told that they feel sorry for me because I'm a Browns fan. 
this week was obviously a huge disappointment. Um, but one of the things that wasn't a disappointment was the national treasure, Odell Beckham Jr. So we we were so disappointed by the game. We were in such a bad mood. Uh, Matthew was just sitting on his phone on Twitter, not even watching the game at a certain point. Um, and he saw that Odell Beckham, after he scored a touchdown, uh, got down in the end zone like a dog, crawled around for a little bit, and then lifted up his right leg as if to simulate that he was urinating on the field. <laughs> and all, all the national headlines are like, Odell Beckham with a strange touchdown celebration. <laughs> Yeah, to watch the media try to put that into a headline without actually saying what he was doing is hilarious. <laughs> I want to know what Roger Goodell's reaction was whenever he saw it, because you know he brought this on by allowing the touchdown celebrations. Odell, you can't pretend to be a dog and then pretend <laughs> to urinate on the field. <laughs> I think this is exactly what the NFL needs. I think it's great. I love it. They're just going to keep pushing the line, pushing the line, pushing the line. He got penalized for it, right? Yeah, I- he did. He did. Oh, and I he's certainly going to get fined. I mean, they they find <laughs> people for much less. We should start a GoFundMe to help help Odell Beckham pay, um, <laughs> <laughs> pay off his fine. We got to keep this going every week. It's the only thing that makes me happy watching football on Sundays. Yeah. This, this is how you get the approval rating in the NFL back up. This is how you get more viewership. Let the players celebrate. That's what people like. Yeah. All right, so... Um, we'll move on to our uh, divisional opponents that we talk about every week, um, see how they're doing in the league. So, Grandpa, you watched in depth the uh, Jaguars-Ravens game over in London. What do you think happened there? The Ravens just had a little bit of jet lag or what? I have never seen the Ravens play that inept. I mean, <laughs> I mean, nothing worked. They couldn't tackle. Flacco couldn't, make a, couldn't complete a pass. It was the worst outing I've ever seen him play. Of course, it, it tickled me. I love to see it happen. Because <laughs> yeah, so, they, they've done enough damage to the Browns already. So I, they, they had no sympathy from me, but it was, it was nice to see it. Grandpa, I, walk, I walked into your house and you were watching the Jags-Ravens game and you were laughing. Do you remember what you said to me? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> it's probably not for young ears to hear, so, so we're going we're gonna to keep that one off the pod for this week. <laughs> Let's just say he was very happy that the Ravens were playing poorly. Yeah. Um, and then the Steelers were playing at the same time as us. So the Steelers ended up actually losing an overtime game to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, who I think very... many people thought were one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Um, so I honestly have not seen anything from the Steelers this year that makes me think that they have a chance at making it to the Super Bowl. Although that's the way that everybody talks in the public. You know, I'm looking at the stats right now. Um, Michael's kid berated into our room and started crying. Um, I'm looking at the stats right now of the Steelers-Bears uh, game, and the Bears only had 84 yards passing, and they still won the game. That's pretty bad. Uh, they did have 220 yards rushing, though, so that's how you can do that. So anyways, the Steelers lose a game to one of the worst teams in the league. And the Bengals are currently playing the Packers, so that that will be determined as uh, the rest of the game plays out. We'll uh, have to report back on that at a later date. So it's possible that you could be watching two games next week where nobody has won one. Yeah, another one. Back to back. 
Back Somebody's going to have to win after the Bengals-Browns next week. See if we can gift another victory to a needy team next week. <laughs> <laughs> just, the Browns, they're just givers. That's what well, we do. We just give and give. The line was that the Browns had uh, were going to be up by two, and it was going to be really a pretty easy cakewalk for the Browns playing the Colts. Well, maybe they, somebody forgot to tell them that. I don't know. But they... <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, they they played about as bad as you can. All right, let's move on from this. I'm depressed. Let's talk about the Browns' next opportunity to win a game next week in Cleveland against Cincinnati. And as a side note, Grandpa has left the studio. He has to go wash some dishes. <laughs> Direct quote. <laughs> it's a much more positive thing to do than uh, just wallow in our uh, distress over the Browns. So sad. So sad. But like always, there is hope. There's always next year. There's always next week. There's always the draft. Let's talk about <laughs> next Let's talk about next week. Um, what do you guys think some keys to a potential Browns victory against the Bengals? As you as I see they're beating Cincinnati or Cincinnati's beating Green Bay 21 to 7 right now, which is pretty surprising. What do you guys think? I mean, I think the most obvious answer is the pass rush. I, I think we saw this week that we could get pressure on the quarterback, but only if we rushed more than four. So hopefully Miles Garrett's back. Hopefully that helps. But even with Miles Garrett back, we need the guys who are currently there to step up and play better because we got to get a pass rush, rushing four or five people. We can't send six or seven each time if we expect to get to Andy Dalton. I want preseason Nate Orchard back. Like, where is that guy? He made one good play today, um, and I can't remember. It was later on in the game, um, one of those key stops that we needed to force a punt in order to keep putting points on the board. But that was the only time he showed up, really, in the entire game. He did a heck of a lot more than Carl Nassib did, I'll tell you that. Um, As I'm thinking about next week, I think that I want to see the defensive secondary show up. I'm honestly, like, scared of the Bengals' weapons. Like, I know their offensive line's no good, but if we can't bring pressure with four people, like to Matthew's point, we're going to be screwed if John Ross is catching balls over the top, A.J. Green, and everybody else that they have going on. I mean, they can throw the ball to Mixon. They can throw the ball to Giovanni Bernard. Like Mixon's good. We're not making plays in the secondary, and if we don't show up there, it's going to be ugly. Yeah. Yeah, that will be ugly. Talking about, okay, I'm sorry. This is a total detour. Total detour. But we're talking about Joe Mixon on the Bengals. Going back to the draft. Whenever the Bengals drafted Joe Mixon, this is just like a classic. This is a narrative that's been going through this entire podcast. It's complete laugh at the Browns. The Browns always make the wrong decision. Everyone else always makes the right decision. I just think that it's such bull crap. It's fun to beat up on the Browns. It's just beating on a guy while they're down. That's not fun. That's hateful. Um, unfortunately, we can't do anything about it until we actually win some football games. And uh, it doesn't look like we have a whole a lot of chance of doing that this year. Yeah, I think that's the answer. you got to start winning football games, and you have to stop giving away freaking football games because that's what we did against Indianapolis. It's like today. telling the nerd to stop being such a nerd and getting beat up. Like, you're going to get... <laughs> You're going to get bullied if you keep being such a dork, dude. Like, I'm trying not to be a dork. I'm, the Browns are trying not to lose. Stop punching me in the face, please. I feel unsafe. Oh, man. Well, so 
Anyway. Do we have any... So we're actually going... We mentioned this last yeah. week. We're actually going up to Cleveland, flying all the way there for this Browns and Bengals game next week. Do we have any hope of coming out of there um, with a smile on our face? I, I thought we had a hope this week. And I... No. I'm, I've given up hope. I think we lose by 45. We're that bad. We will get to the picks later in the pod. Sorry. Save Sorry. your pick for later. I think I think we do have a chance. I mean, I think this week we've seen that the NFL is just random. We saw the the Bears beat the Steelers. We saw the Texans almost beat the Patriots. The Jags uh, just stick it to the yeah, Ravens. Yeah, the Jags <laughs> stuck it to the Ravens. The Jets beat the Dolphins. Like, there's just randomness in the NFL. So I think maybe the Browns can sometime benefit from that. No, there's randomness in the NFL, but the Browns are the solid backbone of consistency. <laughs> if you ever feel chaos in your life going on, you can always know the Browns will lose. Oh, jeez. Mark, what do you think? What are you looking for next week against the Bengals? I am looking for, like you guys said, our pass rush, but I'm looking for an entirely new slate of wide receivers. If our wide receivers can't catch the ball, I want Jordan Leslie to get more time. I want Case and Williams to get reps in practice so that they don't have that miscommunication down there in the red zone where Kaiser threw that interception. I think Case and Williams is a huge body, and he has the ability to be a top-shelf receiver, at least better than Ricardo Lewis, uh, for us. And I think we need to give these guys the opportunity to be able to put themselves in a position to help our team. Cause they did whenever we got them the ball. I mean, Jordan Leslie had that huge catch on that. That was third down, probably about a 30 yard one handed grab, caught it with one hand, then pinned it to his helmet. It was awesome. It's going to be a top Honestly, 10 play. He bailed out Ricardo Lewis. Cause two plays later on first down, Ricardo Lewis misses the wide open catch down the sideline. He did everything to get open and Kaiser put it right in his bread basket and he can't haul it in. He just short-armed it. Like, it was right there in his hands, and he just short-armed it. Yeah, I completely agree. If, if the receivers catch a couple balls in this game, I think there's a decent argument to be made that we win. Like, they dropped enough passes. We were counting it up before we came on air. Like, it was at, least at least five. I thought it was six at least. We had three Ricardo Lewis drops. <laughs> three. We had the Kenny Britt drop that amounted to the interception. interception. We had, I know there was the DeValve drop there at the end. And there was also multiple times where we caught the ball and then it got knocked away by Rashard, the Indianapolis. I think Higgins had a drop. Defenders. And Rashard Higgins had a drop. That's six drops. That's awful. It's That's terrible. Awful. Poor Deshaun. Kaiser went uh, 22 of 47, so we take that back 28 of 47. That looks a lot better. Yep. Probably have another 45, 50 yards from those. At least. All right. Out. So should we uh, – we will need to say, now that we're talking about next week's game, we will be in Cleveland. If anyone wants to stop by and say hello, we'll be around hanging out downtown Saturday night and Sunday night. We will act, We actually made some specialty stickers. Thank you to our uh, fine in-house designer, Matthew Kuhn. Yep. Spent a lot of time on Photoshop. Thanks, Matt. The perks of being unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how you'll be able to find us, but look for the loud people that are passing out a bunch of stickers for their podcast. We will be there, and we'd be happy to meet you. So um, hopefully um, everyone's in good spirits at least heading into the game next week. Hopefully you've convinced yourself we have a chance to win by then. Let's transition to our picks. Again, we're making all these picks before uh, the previous week is completely finished. Um, but let's do a little recap of where we are um, on the record for the year. Oh, boy. Mark um, continu continues to uh, model the Browns and uh, demonstrating futility. He's the bedrock. <laughs> I'm a true fan. 
through and through. Um, he has only picked one game correctly thus far. Um, out of the eight total that have that been is completed. statistically more difficult than actually being mediocre. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, Matthew is an even five hundred at four and four, and I am at three and five. Helped significantly by this Thursday night's uh, matchup between the Niners and the Rams. The Niners' uh, late cover um, swung that one oh for me. Oh my gosh! It was a beautiful thing. All right, so at the beginning of this whole thing, Matthew said how confident he was that he was going to be better than us at picking the games it's proved to be right but it's really if we just flipped a coin every time he would probably bat the same average he's 500 right yep so he's not actually good at this he's i'm he's just normal. not nearly as bad as yes. y'all are <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly fair. that's fair all right so our three games for next week we're looking thursday night chicago at green bay minus eight mark i'm going to give you a chance to uh have some redemption here chicago heading to green bay some redemption, you say. I Picking first, I made a decision earlier that I was not going to continue to pick Green Bay every single time because they have let me down every single time. I don't really like Chicago, but my gut is telling me that Green Bay is going to cover this and they're going to win by more than eight, eight points. So I'm going to choose the Bears because my gut is awful <laughs> and has been consistently wrong. And I'm going the opposite direction. I'm going to choose the Bears to win. All right. Sounds good. Matthew, what's your pick? Yeah, I mean, I think the Bears only had about 100 yards passing in this game. The strength of Green Bay's defense is their run defense. I think Mike Daniels has a huge game, stops the run. I'm going to take Green Bay uh, minus the points. I'm in the same boat. I'm going to pick Green Bay. It's really just a matter of experience at quarterback for me. And on, on a short week, I don't really trust a Mike Glennon-led um, offense to do much with a short week of coaching. Um, so, and it's a home game in Lambeau. Even though it's an eight-point spread, I still think the Packers are going to cover that. I'm either going to gain a game or dig myself even deeper away from you guys. <laughs> hey, you got, you got to take drastic measures sometimes. So the next game, uh, Sunday night, is the Colts, who we are quite familiar with at this point, uh-huh. and visiting out west the Seattle Seahawks, who are favored by six and a half points. Um, I'll go ahead and pick, make my pick ahead sure. of this one. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Seattle Seahawks to cover the six and a half points. Um, I don't think Jacoby Brissett stands a chance with that no. defensive line. Um, that offensive line with Indy is just kind of cobbled together. They're missing Ryan Kelly. And we didn't do too much against them this week, but we don't have anything close to what Seattle has to offer up front, especially after that trade with Seattle. I think uh, it's trade with the New York Jets. They're they're stacked up front. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Mark? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Seahawks too. I mean, the only thing that Jacoby Brissett did to us was throw on these long third downs. We stopped the run the entire time. And Seattle's secondary is far better than ours is. And so Jacoby's not going to be able to do that same thing. They're not going to gain nearly as many yards. And they're going to end up, they're going to end up, lo- or Seattle's going to end up winning by a good bit. I'm going to pick to cover. Matthew, you going to try to gain a leg on us here? I am trying to rack my brain for an excuse of why I could pick Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> they might cover this. Um, do it they'll probably do you know what i seattle's offensive line is really bad seattle has struggled offensively i think this ends up being a low game i i like seattle to win this game but i'm gonna um i'm gonna take the points here i'm gonna go indianapolis um plus a six and a half 
All right, Mark. We have a chance to make up some ground. I like it. Let's go. All right. We're going to be in Cleveland to watch the Bengals and the Browns. We talked about our keys to the game, what we're hoping to see. Now it's time to pick the outcome. We've been pretty consistent picking the Browns with lots of optimism. What do you think? Mark, make your pick. My optimism has faded. I am sad. I predict that in Cleveland, while I'm watching in person, the Browns will lose by 45 points. <laughs> we will so not score one touchdown. Deshaun Kaiser will throw three pick sixes. Uh, I, if that comes true, we might never go to a Browns game. <laughs> we don't deserve have it. Have we ever seen the Browns win? No, yeah, we, we did. Have. We did on the yeah, road. We've never years seen them. It was a no. great season. It's never been in Cleveland though. We've never seen them win a game in Cleveland Browns Stadium, which I'm not sure anyone actually has. So it's a good point. Uh, I don't think I actually mentioned, um, but it didn't matter since Mark thinks that Bengals are going to beat us by 45 points. <laughs> the line here is uh, Bengals favored by three. Um, in Cleveland, so that's putting the Bengals at actually like a six points better than than the Browns. Matthew, what do you think? There's got to come a point where the Browns can win a game. I mean, I don't think the Bengals are that much better than we are. Miles Garrett coming back is going to make a big difference. Um, we're at home. I think we just played terrible, partially because we were on the road. I'm going to have to take the Browns, even though I know I'm going to regret it. Um, this is. <laughs> uh... It's so hard to choose. Um, I refuse to go into next. This is really just a heart pick. This is not. I'm throwing logic out the window, <laughs> and I'm uh, choosing this, picking this game as a Browns fan and a Browns fan only. It doesn't matter if I end up losing to Matthew and Mark in this stupid game. I want the Browns to win whenever I'm there. If they can't cover by three points, home game. We haven't been home since week one. Played pretty great that week. I think that that's going to make a difference with a rookie quarterback and that defense getting amped up a little bit. So with that said. I'm going Browns. They're going to cover um, at the very least and hopefully win next week while we're there and we'll be dancing in the streets celebrating with everybody else. Go Browns. And we'll be in third in the AFC North. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Wow. Um, Whether the Bengals win today or not, that would be the case. Uh, That would be a glorious day. One and three. Never been more excited in my life. (laughs) Hey, one and three would be a huge victory. Then maybe, maybe we won't be able to beat the Jets or the Texans. You know how the Texans played. We'll see how these next few weeks shake up. So so anyway, that's going to wrap up the podcast for this week. Thanks for listening. As always, please follow us on Twitter at Sin of Our Fathers. Send us an email, sinofourfathers at gmail.com. And on our iTunes podcast page, please like and leave a comment. Leave a review if you like what you hear. We're open to anything. Uh, if you liked it, if you didn't like it, just let us know. We'll see you next week, everybody. Yeah, if you're going to be in Cleveland, send us a message. We'll we'll maybe meet up and buy you beer. Nobody offered to buy us a beer. I can't believe that. I know. I'm shocked. After all the hard work all I've done for them. All those listeners we've got out there, not one of them, not one of them offered to buy yeah, us the, a beer. The thousands of you that are out there, I can't believe if it. If just one in a thousand would buy us a beer, that would be great. Just one beer. We can dream. Yeah, we don't have that many listeners. But you can tell your friends about us, so we can All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks.